Do I have everybody's attention now? Ladies and gentlemen. Hey, yo. Welcome to the biggest draw for the critics, the marks, the casual, and the hardcore. Touchdown in the hell! Touchdown in the hell! You freak! You monster! Touchdown, the son of a bitch! All the way to hell! Oh, my God! Uncut, uncooked, and uncensored. King Kong is climbing to the Empire State Building! Introducing first, from parts unknown, our resident Mark, Johnny Smart. Well, let me tell you something, brother. Next, coming down the aisle, the unstoppable force, the immovable object, Doc Haas. Haas. I can't help that I'm custom made. I can't help it that I look good, smell good, can't dance all night long. Question, Macho Man. You're listening to the fourth wall wrestlecast. Oops, I'm breaking the fourth wall. And what up, fam? Welcome to the biggest draw for the critics, the marks, the casual, and the hardcore. Welcome to the fourth wall wrestlecast. I am the host with the most, the baby face of podcasting, J.C. Bones. And as always, I am accompanied by my tag team partner, the good brother, my oos, the one and only good doctor who fills prescriptions for your weekly kayfabe consumption each and every week. Introducing the phenomenal Doc Haas. I would have rather have been your hardy boy. Hmm, my charismatic enigma? <laughs> You're broken, man. My, You're my, broken, my broken, brother, broken brother hardy. Nero. You could be my brother You're Nero. Broken hardy. You could be that the broken you, hardy that, to, that, to my I woken get, no, man. Yeah, can, can I? No, 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 I want to get woke. You, you, you want to be woke? I want to be woke. <laughs> You know what, Doc? Can I get a hell yeah on that? Oh, oh hell yeah. yeah. Well, fam, if this is your first time tuning in, welcome to a monumental episode of the Fourth Wall WrestleCast. This is episode 30 and the first ever episode on the new Wrestle Addict Radio. So please be sure to give Wrestle Addict Radio a follow on Twitter at addict underscore wrestle. And make sure you follow all of our brethren on the network. That's Kings of the Rings podcast at KOTR underscore podcast. Gift a podcast at Gift a podcast. Not your mama soap opera at not underscore opera. And the newest members to the fam, the Game Changers podcast. Introducing Nate the Effin Great and Mr. Fretz. You can find them on Twitter at Real Effin Game. And if you enjoy the fourth wall experience and want to show your support, give us a follow on all social media. That's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Fourth Wall Cast. That's the number four T H W A double L C A S T. You know, Doc, speaking of social media, we should introduce our newest member to the Fourth Wall fam. 
So for those of you out there who don't know, the fourth wall team has been in search for their own booty's worth. You know how New Day has Mr. Booty's worth? And in case you guys don't know, that's actually Dewey Foley, Mick Foley's son. Then a little little tidbit of information there for you. Really? That is Dewey Foley. I didn't know that. Who's also on the creative team. But anyway, we were looking for our own intern to really help us with our social media presence. So without further ado, I am here to introduce to you the one and only Miss Bootiesworth introducing Jesse J. Jesse. <laughs> Welcome to the fourth wall fam. Jesse is losing her shit right now because of that amazing introduction I just gave her. She's relentless. She is relentless. <laughs> Jesse loves Jesse loves the man, right? Don't you love the man? I do love the man. Yeah, we all love the man here at the fourth wall fam. <laughs> I think this is when you cut your promo, Jesse. <laughs> you dope. You dope. <laughs> hey, what's up, guys? I'm Jesse J. I'm the new social media ambassador of the Fourth Wall WrestleCast. Uh, well, I'm so excited to be here, and I'm just really excited for the new things to uh, to come to WrestleAttic Radio. So from now on, I'll be in charge of Fourth Wall's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You know, unless the guys don't like how uh, how my style is. If you want, <laughs> follow me on Twitter to talk to me about Becky Lynch because, <laughs> let's face it, guys, I am the man and Becky Lynch is number one mark. Yeah. So follow Miss Booty's Worth. And, uh, yeah, just want to say thank you for welcoming me to the fam. Awesome. Welcome aboard. Welcome aboard. Jesse, it's really great to have you. <clears throat> We're looking for big, big things in the in the upcoming future. So once again, thank you for joining the fam. And thank you for being part of our monumental episode 30. I think we're going to call episode 30 dope. Just in honor of the man, <laughs> Becky Lynch, and in honor of Jesse J joining our fam. Well, Jesse, Jesse just told us that she... Uh, Jesse just told us that she has uh, dressed up as Becky Lynch for like the past 17 Halloweens. And I think that's great because that means you can just walk around calling people dopes all night. Yeah, that 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 is the that is the perk right there of dressing up like Becky Lynch. That's well, I, mean, I do it other than Halloween. So there you go. Wow. She does like three, 365. No fucking around. Start to get some color on point. Gonna grow it out nice and long so I could be just like the man. There we yeah. go. She's already met me. She knows. <laughs> awesome. Well, Jesse, once again, thank you so much. And it's gonna be a, a real pleasure to have you as a member of the fam. But speaking of the fam, inconspicuous by his absence is our third man. That's Mr. Johnny Smarks. Uh, A.K.A. Smarky. Smarky is currently at a Dave Matthews Band concert. Because if you want to talk about a mark, Smarky is definitely a big Dave Matthews mark. This is like his 149th Dave Matthews Band concert. I, I think, think it's more like 172nd <laughs> Dave Matthews <laughs> Band concert. <laughs> Pretty sure I've seen Dave Matthews with Smarky like one, two, three. I want to say four times. 
of his 192 million <laughs> trips to to hear crash into me. I love how the killer rhythm just, section just increases and increases. <laughs> I've the seen them once. Section. I've seen them once at the Izod Center. Remember the Izod Center? Yeah, that was way back when. <clears throat> so anyway, no way out there. <laughs> uh, since Marky was unable to join us today for this monumental episode of the Fourth Wall Wrestlecast, here's a word from our third man, ladies and gentlemen. Here's Johnny. Doc, I've always wanted to do that. <laughs> hey, it's me. Johnny Smarks, the third man of the Fourth Wall WrestleCast program and the host of the Patreon-exclusive Smarky Singles Run. I am so excited to be part of WrestleAddict Radio, and I cannot wait for you to become a Patreon so I can share all my views on NXT, NXT UK, 205 Live, and all of the great indie promotions out there. Join me, Doc Haas, and Johnny Bones as we take you through all of our opinions on pro wrestling. And quite honestly, if you don't like what I have to say, I don't care. Smarky's out. Well, to all you new listeners out there, you have officially met all members of the Fourth Wall fam. So, Doc, let's get right into our show. I want to start off the show by discussing something that I don't know if you and I are going to have the same outlook on. It really seems like WWE has been really positioning Seth Rollins to be the face of Raw. Now, let's rewind a little bit. Let's go back to the introduction of babyface Seth Rollins, especially probably around this time last year when before Roman had to vacate his title, uh, when Dean Ambrose was still around and the Shield was reuniting for the... 17th, 18th, 19th, 20th time. I think a lot of us definitely saw Seth Rollins getting into that picture. But my question that I want to pose to you is this. Is Seth, first of all, is he the right choice? Let's let's just start with that. Is he the right choice to be the face of Monday Night Raw? Um, maybe for the time being, but I just... I. And it's more because I think some of the guys in NXT right now are eventually going to come up. Like, I think some of them come up right now and, you know, be be a better face than Seth Rollins. But honestly, my biggest thing with Seth Rollins being the face of Monday Night Raw is I think his character in general would go over better as a heel or even as a tweener. Let me get into this, okay? What are who? What type of wrestling character works the best? A wrestler, a guy who is like a an over. It's an oversized version of themselves. Someone who's like it's a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's just, when you take their real personality. It's a uh, I say it all the time. A replica. It's a great wrestler. A not a replica. An exaggerated, exaggerated, an exaggerated version of their own personality. Okay, okay? so. This week, when we were talking about wanting to talk about Seth Rollins, I hopped on Seth's Instagram. And I was just like, all right, what does Seth Rollins post about? And you know it's serious if I'm hopping on wrestlers' Instagrams to actually check out what they're posting about. You know it means for a serious talk. And uh, I was scrolling down. I noticed a lot of his posts. He's got, like, one with Becky, a couple that are, like, WWE legit, like, storyline things. But then he has all these posts for, like, some sort of uh, fitness 
this thing that he does. It's like, what do you put like, you strap the shit to your body and Mm -hmm. it gives you some sort of fitness stuff. Do you know anything about what that is, Bones, that he does? I I didn't like look into it too much, but I could tell it had to do with he's invested in some company that's about getting in shape and working out, which is very common for athletes to do to get involved or something like that. But Mm -hmm. who he is, is somebody who's obsessed with working out and like being in the best physical shape possible to let him be an exaggerated version of that. And usually characters like that who are very into their personal appearance, they're heels. They're kind of cocky, arrogant, I'm better than you heels. And can we be honest? Heel Rollins definitely is better than face Rollins. Can we agree on that? Well, we definitely can. And I, I actually think there's a lot of Seth Rollins fans out there who would agree on the same thing. Because I personally loved heel Rollins. I actually yeah. like when Rollins was in the authority with Randy Orton and he had the, <clears throat> excuse me, the J&J security with him, that was like the best Rollins. And that fucking yeah, cackle yeah. laugh he had, he needs to bring that laugh oh, wow. back. Absolutely. He's just, I think we just need to bring, I think we need to bring heel Rollins back. And there's plenty of opportunities to turn him. You can turn him on Roman Reigns. You can turn him on any uh, whole number. You turn him on AJ Styles, whatever you want to do. There's a, a million ways you could do it. My point is, I think that's the way you're going to get the best version of Seth because that will be a more exaggerated version of himself. Agree? I do agree, but do you think if you position Seth as a heel champion, would WWE still be still view him as the face of Raw, even as a heel? No, the, uh, a heel can never be the face of Raw for that given period. Okay, so like that the face goes, of your company, right? Be a, a face, right? Or a tweener at the very least, like Stone Cold was, exactly. or The Rock, exactly. You know? Right. So, do you think Seth? is the champion because he's the people's choice. He was a chosen champion or was it just out of pure convenience or circumstance that he is now in that spot? Because a, nobody wanted to see Brock Lesnar with the universal title anymore. And B, there were the unfortunate events with Roman Reigns at the end of last year. Yeah. Well, I think, well, obviously Rollins is in this place because Roman got cancer. Like, Let's be real here. This was Roman's spot. The only reason it's still not Roman's spot is because of leukemia. You know, and now Roman's back, and we'll see what happens down the line. I mean, this is, like I said, this is the opportunity to kind of turn Rollins into an arrogant heel, and Roman comes to the rescue. Roman is more over now than he's ever been. So this, if WWE is smart, that's how they book it, because they're going to get the best Rollins. They're going to get the best Roman, and it's going to make for the best product. Why does, like, I watched NXT UK this week, Okay. And Imperium comes out. Mm-hmm. Those guys are exaggerated versions of themselves. themselves. That's why that gimmick and NXT UK in general works so well. Because all those characters on NXT UK and NXT for that matter, because Triple H gets this because he's been a wrestler. You have to accept what Triple H always was, an exaggerated version of himself. You know, right. you know he was always a head honcho in a group whether it be dx or or um or evolution he's now the head honcho of the company 
you know, then the head honcho of the company has always had the arrow or the authority. He's always he was the head honcho of the authority. It makes sense. That's the way the Triple H character has worked for 20, 25 years, however long it's been now since he's been really doing Triple H. I guess 22 years. The X started in 97. Right. So that and that's why that's why. And that's what's not going on. Rollins. like if you had to force one more nickname on Seth Rollins, it's going to drive me off the wall. This guy has 95 million nicknames. and They keep trying to give him more. First of all, no one cares about stupid nicknames like that anymore. You know, like, no, what, what? We don't need a million nicknames. No, Vince McMahon cares, dude. Every fucking wrestler on the roster has a nickname or a a sub name. Everyone, everyone has some. Shinsuke Nakamura, the artist, Ember Moon, the the war goddess. Everyone has something, and it's become annoying. Every wrestler needs it. Exactly, annoying. Just like the WrestleMania sign point. It's right up there right. with the WrestleMania sign point. Indated things WWE needs to get rid of. Yeah, that's stupid thing. We get it. WrestleMania is coming. We know mm-hmm. you're having a match there. You do right. not need the point of the fucking sign. I am not a dumbass. If I'm watching professional wrestling. I know WrestleMania is coming. It's your fucking Super Bowl. You do not see when the fucking when Tom Brady wins the AFC title game, he doesn't point at a fucking inflatable Lombardi trophy in the corner of the fucking end zone of Gillette Stadium. Okay. Oh my god. Stephen Curry does not point at the Larry O'Brien trophy every time the Warriors win the Western Conference Finals. Okay. We do not need to point at the fucking WrestleMania sign anymore. And we do not need any more stupid ass fucking nicknames. We need better fucking character development. You know what Moxley's showing us right now? That WWE, he was absolutely right and that WWE was holding back. Not only is he already the United States champion in Japan, he had a, a squash match against a competitor. I forget his name because I don't watch NJPW a lot. I don't have a means to watch it. But after the match, he cut this hilarious promo where he took the wrestler he just squashed under his wing. But when he took it under his wing, and he made a great routine at it. It was comedic. It was funny. It was real. It was legit John Moxley. This feels like more of an exaggerated version of who he really is. And it was only slight tinkering to what the Dean Ambrose character was. It's nothing radically different. You know, just different appearance, different verbiage to describe himself because Vince wants to script everything and no stupid hokey gimmick. Right. Let's touch on the character development part of this. Let's bring it back to Seth Rollins real quick. So I want to make sure we really talk about him. Of course, yeah. He's being positioned as the face of Raw. I mean, you can't say he's not. So WWE gave us what we wanted. We wanted to see him defeat Brock at WrestleMania. Because you know what, though? I honestly think if you had anybody else in that position during that time, it could have been Finn Balor. It could have been a Kofi Kingston. Any other big name baby face on the roster at that time of WrestleMania facing Brock, we would have wanted them to beat Brock. Right? Because no one wanted to see Brock as the Universal Champion right, anymore. Right. So and that was a very simple this. plug and play. You could have plugged anybody into that position, we would have been happy. So we got what we wanted. Now that Seth Rollins probably is one of the biggest faces on Raw, they're really pushing him to be that that top baby face. They're already pushing him in this feud now with Baron Corbin, which, by the way, sidebar, I love what they're doing with Baron Corbin. I'm a huge God, Baron Corbin's Corbin fan. Corbin's been great, man. Dude, he, Corbin's been great. He is a heel. He's a yeah. heel, yeah. motherfucker. 
That's my bad Jim Cornette impression. But, dude, love what Corbin's doing. But anyway. That was bad. You're absolutely right. That was bad, right? It was fucking terrible. But, um, but, but either way, but they're really pushing Seth Rollins. But where's the connection that Seth Rollins has with the audience? Let's bring it back to Daniel Bryan's Yes Movement. Daniel Bryan already had a connection with the audience before he became a champ. So when he became the champion, the connection was that much stronger. Let's go back to the 90s with Stone Cold Steve Austin introducing Austin 316. Austin already grew that connection with the fans during his his um, his three-part feud or his three-match feud with Bret the Hitman Hart. You know, the I Quit match, the submission match or whatever. There was a third match in there. Was, no one talks about it, though. It was like an in-your-house or something. Really? There was a third match. Bullshit. No, I'm pretty sure it was a third match. What was... the what, One match was the I Quit match. Or the submission There's match. The whatever. Sur- no, the submission match. WrestleMania third. The first one was Survivor Series 96. Right. At the Garden. Yeah. That's... Okay. And then the second one was WrestleMania 13. Right. I, which I, was I the- thought... I thought... There was another one in your house. They do an in your house after that. Yeah, it it wasn't. It wasn't their best matchup. Okay, but anyway, regardless, (laughs) exactly. But regardless, Austin already grew a connection with the audience. Because let's look back at the demographic on who was watching WWE at that time. It was the blue collar, middle aged men who were primarily the fans of wrestling at that time. So he connected to them and and teenagers. And teenagers, and yes, teen- and teenagers. teenagers. And teenagers. Now let's go back even earlier than that. Hulk Hogan, he had a following back in the early days of the, the territories in the early days of WWF, and he was a fan favorite everywhere he went. So when he won that title, it was that much bigger, and the fans had that much more of a connection with him. What has Seth Rollins done up till now to get that connection with the fans? That's the thing. The things he's done to connect with the fans have all been heel things. Like you talk about Baron Corbin. He's been a heel, but he's been connecting with the fans as a heel because he's been doing a good job. Thank you. I'm going to get some heat for this. I'm going to get heat for this. But you know what? Corbin would have a a bigger connection with the fans if he turned face and won the title than Seth Rollins does right now at this very moment. Come at me. Oh, whoa. I don't know how Corbin works as a face. That's a bold statement, man. I don't know either. Corbin has like but, it's like he he kind of is gonna have Miz syndrome, I think, for a long time because he just has like asshole face. Like he can't help but be a heel. You know what I mean? He just not. I don't know about that. I don't know if face Corbin. I think what the answer to this all is going to be, and what they should do, is keep building Rollins as a face and then have him turn on Reigns. That's what's going to develop Seth the most, and that's what's going to give him the best um, bond with the audience. It'll be as a heel, but it'll be as a heel that people are invested in. Right. But bringing it back real quick to do it more recently to Daniel Bryan and the Yes Movement, Daniel Bryan sold tickets. Steve Austin, The Rock, Triple H, Mick Foley, Hulk Hogan, they sold tickets. Is Seth Rollins the draw? Is he selling tickets right now? Seth doesn't entertain as well as those. He's not as good at the entertainment end of it mm-hmm. as those other guys. He's great at the wrestling end of it. 
He's, you know, but he's not about entertaining an audience like that. He's about wrestling and working out and being in shape and, and having sex with Becky Lynch. That's what he's about. And it sounds like a great fucking life as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Especially the Becky Lynch part. Yeah. All right. Good for him, dude. <laughs> right. Either way. But that's I want to see. But I, I think just who he is as a person sets him up better as a heel. And heels are not designed to be the top faces of the company. And they're not designed to be like like he's not going to draw as a face. He will draw as a heel. And he's proving that he's not drawing as well as a face. He's not bringing in TV ratings as the champion. Um, and, you know, and you know, let's be real. Like Brock's been fun. Like as an opponent, you know, Brock has been fun. And Corbin's been really good as a heel. So I think it just shows that Seth is not your baby face. It takes a special kind of personality to do what John Cena did for years and to do what Hulk Hogan did for years. You know, and I don't know if Seth has it in him. He's a wrestler, not a sports right. entertainer. You know, you bring up you bring up John Cena. John Cena is the last individual face of WWE. There is we talked about this a few weeks ago. So for those of you that are listening that are newly listening to us, go back in our archives and listen to our episode twenty seven of the fourth wall wrestlecast we had a whole discussion about the lack of mega stars in the wwe right now and you know what there has not been one mega star since john cena daniel bryan could have been there R- roman orton no. or oh, orton? orton no Randy i don't orton. think i don't know i i can't put him on that same pedestal as Cena. Can he I comes a, in a close second. Can I make a, can I make a comment about Please Orton? Please do. Please do. I think I think or I think Orton would have more like transcending star power like Cena in Batista if Orton wanted that. But Orton is a wrestler. You know what? Orton, this is another thing Seth I feel like just hasn't quite grasped as well because I think he doesn't do the entertaining thing as well. Like and I watched it in the Orton Triple H match, you know. It was a pretty good match, the Orton Triple H match. Mm-hmm. Like they knew how to work. I give it to Triple H. He knows how to work his best. He knows how to put his best self forward at this stage in his career. And Orton is the right guy for him to work with. But Orton, he's pretty over right now. It's not just a Saudi Arabia thing, you know. And but he's like, he has like mannerisms in the ring that are just better in sets. The whole getting on the ground and banging the wrist before the RKO and banging his fists in the ground and the vintage Orton DDT. And I know Seth's got like the curb stomp and he's got, but he doesn't have like the theatrics that right. some of these other guys have like right now if wwe wants to do a face and they need somebody to bring in ratings like move randy orton to fucking raw thank you thank you thank you i was going yeah. to say that if there is anyone on the active roster right now that they wanted to make the face of the company randy orton is one of my two choices you know who my hey. other choice is right now I'm gonna take a guess, but before I do, I want to stay on Orton. Like, and you could really make an argument, you know, for all all those years. You know, Orton's won 97 million world titles and whatever. I think was it like like 13, 13. or something? 13. Yeah, yeah, he's 13. Triple H is 14, and Cena's at 16. But for someone who's 13, he was he's kind of like what Macho Man always was to Hogan. 
he is that to Cena, you know. And you, you could even say he no, no, I can't I can't put him behind Batista. But he was obviously a number two to Cena. I feel like Orton really hasn't had the chance to be the true number one because he was stuck behind Cena for so many years. Right. Because even when he was a, like he had most of his success on SmackDown when SmackDown was clearly a number two show at the time. Right. You know, I mean, he's had success on Raw. Obviously, the post evolution when he got kicked out of evolution, that was a huge moment for him. But, you know, it's it was a uh, like I want to see Orton be treated the way Cena was treated, you know, seven, eight, eight years ago. The unfortunate thing with that, though, is like we're talking about the face of the company should be a baby face. And I don't. I'm not a big fan of Face Orton, but I am a fan of Tweener Orton. Yeah. And Stone Cold has proved that a Tweener can be a the tweener face of your can company. Work. Yes. 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 So Orton and needs Tweener to Orton. Find a way to connect. Well, that's that what point, he's doing. Though. He is right now. He is. He's unquestionably doing face things, but people are eating it up. The, the RKO might be the most popular finisher in WWE right now. It's the three most devastating letters in the WWE. Dude, when I, when I like, I, you know, I, I'm a teacher and I work, you know, with kids a lot. And sometimes when I'm in the schools, like a lot of there's like wrestling things those kids know, they know what an RKO is. Right. You know, because the from out of nowhere thing is, is it's like a meme almost. So they Dude, do it to each other in the playground. They're he, idiots. They, they jump became, in the playground and try to RKO each other. He became an internet sensation, Randy Orton, with the fucking RKO. Because now people take the time to make those stupid YouTube videos, which have millions and millions of views. on it. People who don't even watch wrestling know those videos. Just like they right. know the John Cena, those stupid YouTube videos. Right. Right. So so why not take advantage of that and position Orton as the top face right. of your company? Make him the top. If I think Kofi's doing a great job on SmackDown. I think they could utilize Kofi better outside of the company, like on like other platforms. Like like I'm talking like putting him on like Sesame Street and the New Day on Sesame Street and, ki- and getting more kids in like that because that's the type of characters they are. Orton, right. you could take and put over on raw and you know ha- attract a whole nother audience in and no one Dude. they're not doing ww is not doing anything risque enough that like an eight-year-old can't watch right we yeah. talk about this ad nauseum that's what wwe is missing there is no mainstream crossover with any of our stars real quick go back to what i said i have two people that i think could be pa- placed as the face of the company take a guess who my second person is um Thinking you're gonna go Drew McIntyre? Oh hell no, no, no! no? no I love Drew. Don't get me wrong; I'm, I'm a huge Drew fan, but not him. You just oh, said his on, name. Hold on. You just said his name. Who was I talking about just now? I can't remember what He's I did the thirty other seconds ago, right dude. Now. Kofi came. Oh, Kofi! You know why? Because oh, right I, I, there, I already... he that story set, that that writes itself. He has a connection with the fans. Kofi Mania happened organically. Because right? he has shown that he has worked his ass off for the past 11 years to get into the title picture. Mm-hmm. He won yep. the title. Again, we got what we wanted at WrestleMania. He is the first ever African-American WWE champion in the same lineage as the John Cena's, the Steve Austin's, the Rock's, the Hulk Hogan's, the Sam Martino's of the world. He has, he he is that guy. He has that connection. Why are they not capitalizing on that? 
Great. Send them out to Ghana. Have a hometown welcome. Why is he not on on Good Day New York? Why is he not doing this on USA Today or all these interviews? Why is he not doing this? Why? Why are they not putting him out there? It's it's absolutely. And he's, you know, he doesn't need to work every house show anymore. He's past that stage in his career. And I said, you could put Kofi and the whole New Day, for that matter, on kids' shows, mm-hmm. on Nickelodeon shows. You could put them almost anywhere, and they're going to make WWE and its product look good. And they on come out, note, and, they're, and they're colorful outfits, and they're fun, and they're perfect for morning shows. They're perfect for late-night TV. Like, utilize the guy properly. Right. But they still utilize the New Day as a whole. And unfortunately, unfortunately, Kofi Kingston is guilty by association because he's in the New Day. But they use him for, like, these comedy shows, these lip sync battles or these dance songs or these Nickelodeon kid Ugh. shows. And it's like, put no, we want to let the fans or the people get to know who Kofi Kingston is. Right. Just like they right. did with the Steve Austins, the Rocks, the Triple H, the, the Big Show, Mick Foley. They all these stars were on had the mainstream the mainstream crossover back in there in the Attitude Era, even early Ruthless Aggression Era. They're not doing that anymore now. Why? They have the money to do it. They could aff- right. they have the size. They have the right size rosters to afford to let some guys off TV for a week. We don't need to see the champion every single week. You don't need to. It makes the championship right. mean that much more. Yeah. Hey. It can't be like Brock Lesnar where the championship doesn't show up for like weeks at a time. But if Seth Rollins is off TV for a week, that's not the end of the world. It's not the end of the world. Has Adam Cole even been on NXT TV since he's won the title? No one's forgotten about that. Oh, they're still doing. They haven't done the. No, they're, they're doing tapings. They're doing. No, they just started the Bel Air tapings. And they, they just Bel- did the tapings the last week. The Bel Air taping started Mm -hmm. this week, you know, so and from not I don't think Adam Cole was on NXT this week. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. I don't remember Um, seeing him. Yeah, he was. I think I don't remember. I didn't watch NXT this week. He wasn't in, but he wasn't in rank. He wasn't wasn't in in rank. That's what I mean. He wasn't in rank. That's what I mean. Right. In rank. So that's that's what I mean. And for Seth Rollins, you know, if you want to get him over as a face, maybe you have, you know, Baron Corbin and the Shane McMahon crew and all of them, you know, really lay a beating on Rollins, real beating where you think he has to vacate the title. Mm-hmm. And then you do the vignette thing with him of him trained to get back in shape because that's what he does when he's not wrestling. He trains. And that's a way for us to see into the real Seth Rollins and maybe have an opportunity at least to make more of a bond with him as a face. Right. Did they not learn anything from when Tommaso Ciampa was the NXT champion? He was not on NXT TV week after week after week. They made sure that we didn't forget about him by showing the backstage vignettes. Like, why doesn't Seth do that? Vince has this thing where the fucking stars have to be on television and in four, five, six, seven, eight segments in a three-hour show. No. Just crazy. It's ridiculous. You have a big enough roster. See, Vince does not know anymore what is best for business. You know, I come from a business marketing background. That's 
been the majority of my my career for the past 15 plus years now he does not see the opportunities that he has to help grow his brand even more than it has been because of the 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 stupid choices that he's making he he's what's the definition of insanity doing the same thing over and over over and over and over thank you yeah. When are we going to see something change? We, the the wrestling fans, the WWE fans have been complaining for years about how Raw and SmackDown are not good. And we're 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 tweeting about it week after week. They should do this, they should do that, but they do the same thing over and over and over again. Vince McMahon is an insane old man. Yeah, and honestly, what is Seth's best attribute? Is in ring work, so just have him fucking wrestle when he's on TV. Get him off the mic. I, I yeah. don't know you meant. Just have Seth him wrestle. Is okay on the mic, but he's first okay of all, as a he, face. He's, he's reading okay a as a face. He's, he's okay script, and he's, he's, he's good at reading script. Okay scripts. as a face, right? But when he's a heel, he's he's exceptional as a heel on as, uh, on the mic. He's a he even heel. Has, <laughs> he has a heel voice. Stop doing that. It's creepy. Sound like a broke ass Mickey Mouse. It's Jim Cornette, bro. <laughs> He's a heel, yeah. motherfucker. Okay, fucker. <laughs> that's my issue with Seth. I don't think he's a. I just think he's best used as a heel, and I hope that's where this is going. You could even do like I said, have Corbin attack him and the whole Shane crew, and then he kind of gets involved in the Shane Roman feud a little bit. You know, with the whole cross promotion going on. And then eventually what what goes on is that he, you know, he beats Corbin and and then they have maybe another match at SummerSlam. Maybe you don't have a title match at SummerSlam. Maybe you have some sort of tag team match between Seth, have like Seth and Roman take on Shane and Corbin. And then Seth turns on Roman then. And it was all farce with Shane all along. And that's a huge SummerSlam moment right there. And right. then that can that can take you into maybe a Hell in a Cell match at a Hell in a Cell. Boom. Book it. Prescription filled. I'm going to have a sip of beer. I fucking deserve it. You, you that do was it fucking after, great. After that. Are you listening, Vince? That was fucking great. I don't know. I, I have to disagree with that. So you're you're putting Roman back in the title picture. Yeah. Or why the hell not? Je- just... Not not to win the title, just to get Seth back into the heel Rollins that get we all Seth into the want. heel. Yeah, and, and that but then he's gonna but then he's gonna have a title match against Rollins at like a hell in a cell match for the right. title at Hell in a Cell. Or but maybe you don't start seen with that. Maybe Roman and Seth. I I'd ra- I would rather see Seth defend have his we title against a, other people like Drew McIntyre. Have we seen would we seen Roman Seth Hell in a Cell? That's my no. knowledge. Yeah, I think we've seen so that, Ambrose and that's Seth an evolution. But that's it. Yeah, right. That's what I thought. So mm-hmm. that's an evolution in their feud now. So now you have long-term feud building between two wrestlers. Why would we want Seth against McIntyre? We've just spent the past half hour talking about how Seth doesn't work as a face. Let's so let's just get him. Like this isn't working, and ratings suck. If he's not working as a face, get him out of the face card. 
by the end of the summer, he needs to not be a face anymore then. And then now you have a hot storyline going into in, into Fox's arrival. Yeah, it's on the raw brand, but you know everybody's allowed to cross over now. It doesn't even fuck this whole wild card rule. It doesn't even fucking matter. Rule, man. Wild card, bitches! Yeah! Doesn't you matter. Know, You're gonna fucking end the brand split. Just end the fucking brand split. Right. Just do it. And, you know, that brings that brings me back to our next topic, man. They don't know what's best for business. And right now, the wild card rule, I think, is hurting more than helping the entire promotion, the entire brand, both Raw and SmackDown. And we're going to talk about that, Doc. We're going to take a quick break. So, fam, here's a quick word from all of the personalities of Wrestle Addict Radio. We'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing the Wrestle Addict Radio Network. Radio Network. Hey, what's up, you guys? What is going on, everybody? What up, fam? Hey, it's me. What up, oozes? What's up, guys? This is the Monday Night Delight. Are you looking for a network that brings you all things pro wrestling? Then look no further. Wrestle Addict Radio brings you a varied source of wrestling content. What's going on, guys? This is Willie T. My name's Mr. Pratt. This is your resident smart slayer. Search for Wrestle Ads Radio on all major podcast platforms and be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Buzz, buzz, guys. My name is Kate Murphy of the Kings of the Ring podcast and you are listening. And you're listening. And you're listening. And you are listening. And you are listening. Get ready for a war because you're listening. Come join the war each and every week as we fight to keep wrestling real. What's up, everybody? This is King Ricky Rose and and you are listening to Wrestle Addict Radio. 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 So, Doc, the wild card rule I really feel like is hurting Raw and SmackDown more than anything else. And it's really hurting the storylines, too. And I'm going to say real quick why I think it's hurting. Um, like, I did not watch all of Raw and SmackDown this week, but I did catch a majority of both shows. And in both shows... The majority of the people we saw, we saw both nights. We saw The Miz, Drew McIntyre, Shane McMahon, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Bailey, Nikki Cross. The list can go on and on. But we're seeing the same wrestlers on both shows. With a company that has such a stacked roster, they are underutilizing their roster. And this is also something we talk about ad nauseum week after week. What is the reasoning behind this? And does this have to do with them going to Fox? Yeah, the, the wild card rule is because NBC and Fox are pissed that they're only going to have half the roster at their disposal. No, this didn't. This wasn't an issue when both shows were on, we're on, USA. on USA. Right. Yeah, but now that it's two rival networks, now it's a freak. Now it's a problem. There's just no way Roman Reigns is getting drafted to SmackDown and NBC sitting there going like, no, no, no. No, 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 they're not. They're not okay with that. Right. You can't. You can't. Just, it's it defeats the whole purpose of them having a huge lucrative contract. They need to have access to the whole roster. It's stupid. It's confusing. The wild card rule. We all understand. I, I like. I just explained why we're doing it. So just end the brand split. Just fucking end it and start rotating your main event a little more. Maybe you know if you if you have enough guys who are performing and they're getting over in the top of the card, you got to rotate them. Like we said in last segment, you know, like, you know, if Rollins isn't on TV every week, that gives Finn Balor a chance to have a major spot, you know, 
And then that gives Andrade a chance to have a, maybe a major spot. You know, it, was, or, and it gives other mid-card guys. And you could rotate the mid-card more. But like you said, they're just bringing the same people out there. And it's I think it's just kind of boring the audience seeing the same shit every week. More than right. anything else. It's boring. It's boring me. I know I'm way more interested in, in, in the NXT shows because on well, the NXT, they rotate their talent on TV. Right. And you know, I don't get I don't get Johnny Gargano every week. I don't get the Velveteen Dream every week. Right, and this goes back to again what we've been saying for weeks, and also our third man Smarky says it all the time. They don't know how to develop and build their mid card scene to prepare them for the main event scene, so you could actually have that rotation of new faces of new champions. Yeah. If they keep putting the same main event names on both shows in three, four, five, six, seven, eight segments on each show, there's no time for anyone else. There was Just one good thing that happened this past week with the United States title, how they had a segment involving the U.S. champion Samoa Joe, The Miz, Ricochet, Cesaro, Lashley, and Braun Strowman. So I think there's a little multi-man action going on there on the Raw side, which is great. But why don't we see more of that? You know, back during the Attitude Era, I feel like that happened very often where every mid-card title, there was always a multi-man feud going on of sorts. Even whether it was yeah. three people, four people, or six people, it keeps everyone relevant and it gives them more airtime. You could team them up. You could have them feud. You could have one-on-ones. You could have triple threats. You could have ladder matches. The number the possibilities one contender are endless. matches. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the possibilities are endless. I feel like so that's you see- a lost art, though, the number one contender matches. It's a lost art. People are just given opportunities. Why aren't we seeing people and watching the mid card the, the mid card stars work for their championship t- uh, title opportunities we should see the development of the, of each wrestler within the roster and we don't see that anymore right no we don't and it's what's absolutely stalling stalling creative in the comp- company that and and it said it's it's stalling creative in the company but it's because Vince McMahon isn't letting talent develop not only is he not getting enough screen time, when he's putting them on the screen, like you said, they're getting a script to read from. Right. And that doesn't work. AEW and NJPW are proving right now that doesn't work because all the promo work coming out of those promotions, whether they be online promos or actual like post-match promos like NJPW does, like they're just better because they're letting the wrestlers, especially the ones who are good entertainers, like Dean Ambrose or John Moxley, I'm sorry, is a great entertainer also. But he has to be able to do it like John Moxley, just like Chris Jericho has to be able to do it like Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho only fled WWE once Vince got tyrannical about what the product should be. Right. I want to bring up something. You're talking about John Moxley, and we're also talking about the creative process on how the wrestlers can't be themselves. They can't speak from from their heart, speak from their mind, and really, again, going back to what we said earlier, build that connection with the audience because they're reading these terrible, terrible scripts that are, in the end, being written by Vince. But right. Moxley opened up the floodgates after his his interview with Jericho a couple weeks ago. And when he was he was very open about the creative process, I don't know if you heard, but Ryan Satin recently interviewed Batista 
and Batista had some choice words about the creative process as well. He said, the creative process I still don't get. It was a nightmare to me the last time I was there, which was 2014. That's five years ago, five plus years ago right now at this point. So if it was still bad then and it hasn't gotten any better, you got to feel for the stars that have been on the roster since 2014 are still active now. And according to Batista, it seems like it has, it's become worse. I feel like they don't have a clear vision or a long-term vision. Everything is very week-to-week. Like I said weeks ago, they're not proactive, they're reactive. Reactive. And it right. doesn't seem like they stick to a plan very much. Back then, the Stars had more freedom, and they can go to war. And right now, they can't go to war like right. they used to. So I feel like that is a huge problem. And we talked about it, too. And I know a few weeks ago, I said it's the Stars. They're not grabbing the bull by the horns and just going for it. But you know what? The more people are coming out and speaking the truth behind the scenes, you said it, Doc. It's creative. It's mm-hmm. Vince McMahon. They're the ones that are holding the stars back right now. Look at – I'm going to go back to Moxley's promo, his post-match after Dominion. After his promo, I could tell how serious he was, how tough he was, and what his purpose and then JPW was. He's entering the G1 tournament, and he's looking to dominate there. And you could get that vibe immediately from from just that post-match promo that he cut right outside the ring. Look at what he did. He didn't do that in WWE. You know, it's quite obvious that Vince McMahon is the X factor. I'm a genius. Right. All he did, like I said before, was minor tweaks on his character where he let it be more like himself, where he, he's got to be what he feels is best, what he's comfortable doing. And when you're good at being a pro wrestler, you can be comfortable doing what you want. That's what good pro wrestlers do. And Vince is probably right where not every wrestler can have free reign like that. But those guys aren't main event caliber guys. I think if Rollins gets to have free reign as a heel like he did at peak heel Rollins, he's going to be great. I think if Roman Reigns even gets free reign as like kind of like this more edgy face like he's been, you know, going after the bosses and stuff. It could be great, but they have to be allowed to do it right. Like what scares me about Roman Reigns being the edgy face going after the bosses is that they're not going to let him really go after the bosses. Right. Like Stone Cold got to really go after the bosses. But do you think we're going to be seeing more of that now that Shane McMahon has taken that old school Vince McMahon corporation role? Remember when Vince ran the corporation or the corporate ministry, whatever the fuck it was? Shane McMahon has taken that role, and, and we've been saying it for weeks. He's kind of starting like this corporate faction with Elias, Drew McIntyre, the revival mm-hmm. now. And I like his choices, too, of stars that he has kind of working with him. And I'm a big fan right now of the Shane McMahon thing. I don't mind seeing Shane McMahon in a lot of segments because now this makes sense. Because he's right. also giving a lot of stars like Elias and the revival, who we felt like needed more airtime, needed a push. And right. they're getting that because they're being accompanied by Shane McMahon. I mean, any anyone who's in a storyline with one of the McMahons has to be high on their list of top tier of, of I shouldn't say top tier talent because w- Willie T is going to hear this. He's going to be like, oh, they're not top tier talent, but I'm not going to fight with Willie T. But you know what I'm saying? Like they're looking at them as as megastar caliber in their eyes. 
Uh, I I'm hit or miss with Shane right now. I think sometimes it's good. I think sometimes it's boring and not well written. Like when he was, you know, beating the crap out of like was a Roman Reigns cousin a few weeks ago mm-hmm. on on SmackDown, Lance, and it took Lance Roman like yeah, yeah Lance yeah Lance yeah, and it took Roman like sixteen years to come out and help him. Like that's just shitty writing. Decent idea, shitty writing. Um, I don't mind Shane winning all these matches that he's been winning. Like, I think that's going to help build heat against him. And it's going to make it even sweeter when Roman finally, like, puts him out of his misery. But it would be, you know, it would make it even sweeter, Bones. If Rollins was Shane's secret wild card, that would make it greater. Because that would give Roman even more of a pop once he defeats. Because now not only is he defeating Shane, he's defeating Rollins, who turned on the universe that he's been professing to love so much for the past few months. And, you know, it, it, it could it's like I just feel like it could be great. And I just feel like Vince won't go down that road because he's going to come up with some stupid ass shit for his wrestlers to say. Like, you know, you heard all the stupid shit he wanted Ambrose to say and Ambrose had to say. Why do you think think Ambrose is the only yeah, the pooper scooper. You think Ambrose is the only person getting that bullshit? No, no, not at all. Yeah, or was getting that bullshit, and that's why Ambrose is now John Moxley again. Now, I kind of want to touch on that too because there was actually recently another interview uh, with John Cena. Uh, I forget the guy's name, Chris Van Valet. I think I don't know. I don't really okay. know where he's from. I do apologize for not having my sources correct. But he interviewed John Cena, and John Cena did did quote, It's up to the talent to take something. No offense, that is shitty, and make it good. I have never been handed a written piece of paper that I go, This is great. It's always, how do we turn this shit into something that makes sense? And I've seen guys like The Miz do it. Seth Rollins, AJ Styles, Bray Wyatt sit there for hours and were able to creatively bond for a while. And the way, hold on, and the way I started with this was when I was writing my own raps. Nobody could write that stuff because at the time it was an art form that wasn't showcased on the program and the writers weren't versed in that art form, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to go on with the rest of that. It's all the, the thugonomics. But he's pretty much saying it's up to the talent. Which is the opposite of what I just said I thought it was, because from, the, again, an outsider looking in, it looks like that the talent's being handcuffed right now. It looks like they're being restricted to what they can do to make these things better. Yeah, but, but dude, fuck John Cena, because John Cena, when he was super faced John Cena in the early 2010s and shit, got booed the fuck out of arenas. Mm-hmm. John Cena sucks. John Cena sucks. Yeah. Like, it's not like John Cena was fucking getting super over as a face. He had his fucking... After Thugonomics was done, he had his problems getting over also. It's only been maybe in the past two or three years that he's finally getting, like, the veteran Shawn Michaels treatment. So I don't even want to yeah, fucking hear that shit that out of John Cena. I don't see that That's a, a bunch of bullshit. And no. John Cena has a fucking... And John Cena had a gimmick, like, where he was supposed to be a little cheesy. So when you get stupid, cheesy promos, it's a lot easier to turn that fucking Swiss cheese into fucking, you know, into fucking brie. <laughs> or in his, that was a great analogy. Or in his case, or in his case Nikki. I don't, but Cena was the face of the company for a decade. And we've been saying it. There is no one on the roster right now that could fill his shoes. Yeah, but what? Because they're not being allowed. 
to fill his respect shoes. Respect the Cena. Respect the Cena for being the face of the company. Respect. Okay, but he never got to the levels of popularity like Shawn Michaels or, or even Edge in his prime. I'll even go that far and say he never even got to that level of popularity. Though you, uh, you can do uh, all the Ed, fucking make no, wishes Edge in the world. Edge was up there, dude, but no, Edge you, was listen, not the face. No, yeah, no. If you can make, I'm not saying face. I'm talking about in terms of talent and overall popularity. Cena, yeah, he had the make a wish stuff, and people love seeing him. But he did not connect with the full wrestling audience as the face of the company. He did not connect to the older fan base. It didn't Blast. matter because love him or but hate him, he still sold matter. tickets. He still sold it, tickets. Who is selling tickets right now? It's not just one person. John Cena was the last single person to carry the WWE on his back. Right, now, right now, now, it's a collective. Now further, but now we're further away from the Attitude Era and the Ruthless Aggression Era than we were when Cena was at the true top of his card in the late 2000s, early 2010s. There was still a lot closer to the Attitude Era and the and the and the and the and the hangover of fans from the Ruthless Aggression Attitude Era than we are now. The the the, the generation now. They don't have any connection to ruthless aggression or attitude. No. Cena at least had that connection, and except he could for Randy still, Orton. Except for Randy Orton, oh, Randy, and, still and who do we say could be? Can't. And who do right. we say could be the face of Raw? Randy, Randy Orton. Orton, because he has that connection to the last great era of wrestling, and he knows, and he has a he's a great entertainer, and he has a great move set, and he has and he has a lot of personality in the ring, and he's got a bunch of fucking tattoos, and he's jacked, and he's got the look. Like you know, J, what did what did JBL always say? If you had to build a quote unquote sports entertainer from the ground up, it Randy Orton would be your prototype. He's a better arrest in he's a better in ring worker than Cena. He's a better. He's a great heel. He's not as good of a face as Cena. He's a heel and tweener. He's not a good, a better talker than Cena. Not a better talker than Cena. But he's, you want to have I, a face of the say, company that's going to have that mainstream crossover. They have to be able to speak well, and that's where John Cena comes unless, in. Unless you're a a tweener that. No, you know I think Orton talks good enough that he can get the be the face of Raw as a tweener. Because he can keep it short and sweet and just do Randy Orton. Randy right. Orton, he's the viper. He's he's a snake. He's a viper. They strike quick. So his Romo promos can be quick strike promos. Gets the point across. He throws out a couple RKOs to, to Orton, you know, when, he, when he arrives. And the whole place goes crazy. Just take guys and their strengths and build off of them. Right. Now... Let me bring this up. Uh, this kind of just popped in my head. So we're talking about how right now there's really no... Well, I'm talking about it. Again, I know we're disagreeing on a lot of points, but there's no one single person right now who is the face of the company. And there hasn't been since John Cena. And we're saying it's a collective. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Because if you think back to the 80s and maybe even early 90s when Hulk Hogan was the champ, while Hulk Hogan was the face of the company, it was like... The Justice League of America, it was Superman and all of his super friends. You have Hulk Hogan, right. Ultimate Warrior, Randy Savage, Jimmy Superfly Snooker, Rowdy Rowdy Piper, Big Boss Man, Tugboat. You had all of those. <laughs> hey, I, I had to throw Tugboat, Tugboat in there. Bam Bam Bigelow, 
Pedro Morales, the Rock Don Morocco. You have to throw all these names in there because they were all the big names. Because back then, there was a lot more main eventers. Oh, fuck it. Even Hacksaw Jim Duggan, he wasn't a main eventer. But still, he, he was one of those faces that everyone knew. WWF. WWF. Now, it's if it's a collective, that's fine. But they need to start really showcasing that collective. And figure out even right now. Like, I feel like it's been a scramble of people in and out of that main event scene too much. Right. And they haven't figured out who their and core even people post are. Post those guys, and even post Hogan. You know, Hitman Hart, Undertaker, Shawn, Shawn Michaels, Michaels, Stone Cold, Stone Cold, The Rock, Rock before Triple he was H. a movie star. Big Triple Show, H. Mick Foley. Mick, you know who those dudes yeah. are. Yeah, you know who those dudes are. But because WWF, I think they did a better job at getting their 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 wrestlers in front of. A mainstream, and you know, yeah, it might not be huge shows at first, but just get them somewhere. Get them like I, I still will not get over the fact that Braun Strowman isn't used as an attraction more. You could use that guy as an Andre the Giant like attraction. He's humongous. He can do ridiculous feats of strength. He can do real feats of strength. He's the strongest dude they've signed since Mark Henry, in my opinion. Right. You know. I've yeah, it, it, like you could make him. You don't have to make him a champion, but you could easily make him an attraction. How many times was Andre the Giant WWF champion? You know the answer to this question. I think he held it once for like not even a day. That's that, not even a minute. Not even a minute. Yeah. Not even a minute. Because the only time he ever got to put that title around his waist was when he ended the Hulkster's four-year title reign. In 1988, right before in 1988, before they did the big tournament at WrestleMania four, and he sold the title to Dead DiBiase, which is a great early tele- WWE television storyline. So that belt so actually well, fit around his waist. <laughs> I don't even know if he got to the part to put it around his waist before he sold it to the Million Dollar Man. I haven't watched that clip in a while. It's been a long time. It's a classic. <laughs> but look at that. He's an attraction. Who we're making documentaries about him. There's there's that guy who does the street art with Andre the Giant. What the hell's his name? Um, I forget his name off the top um, of my head. He's a pop culture phenomenon. Yeah. Andre the Giant. Braun Strowman could be that if you use him as an attraction. It was funny when I was watching a little. I watched a little bit of Super Showdown, and at one point Corey Graves was selling Strowman as like, yo, the people of Saudi Arabia have been staring at him like, look at this attraction, this monster of a man. And I'm sitting there, I'm like. I hope like the people listening in the back realize are realizing that Corey's hitting it right on the head right now. That you need to showcase this guy as just a big, giant, almost right. carnival-like attraction. Because when he shows up on a random TV show, people will be like, "Holy shit, that guy's huge! Who is he?" Mm-hmm. And then you find out, oh, he's a WWE wrestler. He's probably a lot of fun to watch WWE. And then you turn on WWE, it's just him manhandling people, and that's funny to watch. I don't care what anybody says. I love watching Braun Strowman throw people around. I think it's fucking hilarious. I used to love when Mark Henry did that. I used to love when Big Show did that. I love when all big guys do that. It's funny watching big people throw little people around. If you want funny wrestling, that's funny. But it has to mean something. And it has to and it has to bond with the audience, which means you need to have Braun Strowman. You know, even if he's throwing little people, it's going to be meaningful little people, you know, because he could be the face of your company, but he could be that attraction face of your company, much like Andre was. Hogan was the guy that was on top of all the marketing, but everybody knew who Andre was. It wasn't like Andre was forgotten about, you know, like 
could Strowman be that Andre the Giant of this generation? WWE would have to do a lot more in his creative because this time last year, we all thought that. We all said before the end of the year, Braun's going to be the champion. But look at what happened leading into Survivor Series. Was it Survivor Series? SummerSlam, maybe. Yeah, it didn't work out for him. They ruined He them. wasn't ready. He, 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 and in Braun's defense, he, I think he also showed he wasn't quite ready yet. You know, very, know, the very smarter, green, the smarter the thing. Yeah, and yeah. the mic is very green. The smarter thing would have been to put him in the mid card and have him like win the Intercontinental title first or the United States title. That would have been the smarter Kinda thing. Kind of like they're doing now, it looks like. Right, kind of like they're doing now. You know, it'd be a great person to end Samoa Joe's U.S. title reign. We just talked about Ron it. Strowman. Ron Strowman. Great yep. candidate to end his reign. And then he can have shorter, nothing crazy masterpiece matches while he comes over his green, works out his green, his greenness, and give him a mouthpiece. There's nothing wrong with him having a mouthpiece. I like when big guys have mouthpieces, mm-hmm. you know. And then, and, you, and then maybe down the line, then maybe he's finally ready to beat Brock Lesnar. Yeah, right. And Brock also, by the way, we're talking about the face before. If he showed up to TV every week and made like the commitment he's been making more recently, Brock Lesnar could easily be the face of your company. Right. When Dude, given totally good agree. story and when he cares, he's entertaining. You know, like over the past the whole, few weeks that we've the seen him on TV, party's been great. I've, the, the, I've enjoyed the, it. The booking of like the briefcase angle of it hasn't been the best writing, but he's kind of, I think, doing what Cena says. He's taking the writing that's okay at best and making the most out of it. Having Paul Heyman in your corner probably doesn't help. Or, I'm sorry, probably does help. Let me rephrase that because Heyman is, you know, I mean, I, 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 he's got to be one of the greatest wrestling minds ever. And I think yeah. he also understands, I think he's adapted with the times. A whole lot better than Vince has. I'll tell you that right now. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like he's he's got to be just as frustrated seeing what's going on backstage as anybody else. Someone who's been in the industry since the '80s and you know basically founded one of the WWE's last great competitors. Like he's got to be frustrated because he's done it right and he knows how to do it right. And he knew and he knew how to adapt with the times in 1993 when he formed DCW. So you know he you know he's already he's he's a forward thinking individual already. Like why are we not using him as a resource backstage? I mean I know he works with some talents individually and I know like he worked with Ronda a lot when Ronda was there, but why is he not more in charge of creative in general if he's oh, gonna be you. a part of your of your talent, of your backstage talent roster? Why yes. is he not more involved in those decisions? Him and Triple H obviously have a better grasp at what the modern wrestling fan wants. Heyman proves it with his work week in and week out with Lesnar. And Triple H proves it with NXT and NXT UK. Week after week, Triple H proves it. Not, nothing like this is going to happen, though, until Vince McMahon is, is done. When Vince McMahon right, finally says, I'm, I'm hanging up the boots, someone else I, can take over now. And to take another, to add on to Triple H's success... You know, double or nothing. Everybody's going to talk about how great this was. Such an awesome interview. Yo, Triple H and NXT freaking responded a week later. Remember we were talking about like, oh, we didn't even know. T- we, could- we forgot about Taker. It's like, we forgot about it. Well, if you forgot about it, you were reminded quite quickly afterwards because it gave reviews. And those guys went out there with a fire under ass. Like, I-, I think those guys are just willing to go to war for Triple H. 
more so than Vince McMahon at this point. Like, that's what's going to be the big difference in this upcoming AEW-WWE war that might be coming, you know. And honestly, that'll will depend on how good AEW's television is. And if anything, like their social media stuff's been so far, it's going to be good and it's going to be fun, you know. But I think, you know, those guys in NXT, you know, they're Triple H's dudes. They will, they will fight till the death for him. I do not think they will do that for Vince McMahon at this point. Interesting Forbes report today. Interesting Forbes report I read today also. And their source was Meltzer. And apparently there's tons of NXT talent right now who are seeing what's happening to guys like Ricochet on the main roster. You know, um, guys like, I want to put Aleister Black in that category. Seeing what happened to a guy like Tyler Breeze whose Mm -hmm. gimmick was used so well in NXT. But once he got to the main roster, Vince didn't know what to do with it. Speaking of Tyler Breeze, did you hear that uh, Fandango made a return at a recent house show? Did he? Yes. We're going to bring back the uh, fashion police. (laughs) Or you know what? I apologize, fam, if that's a spoiler. That may have been at the tapings, but I did see a picture of Fandango and Tyler Breeze together in an NXT ring. Ooh, that could, could be, and if that's an NXT thing, that could be fun because NXT could use one more one more tag team in that division. I agree. Just one. Yep. Like the ladder match from Takeover Twenty Five proved that the tag division is is still alive yeah, and okay. well on NXT, yep. and they didn't they didn't they didn't have to rebuild. They reloaded. Mm-hmm. That was it. Like you know, people always talk about for anybody who's a college football fan out there. Uh, University of Alabama college football program, best college football team of this de- of this of this uh, century. Um, they don't rebuild down there; they reload. They just continually reload and reload. And Triple H is showing, like, hey, we reload in NXT when our teams get called up to the main roster. It isn't a rebuild; it's a reload because these guys are ready to go. They're yeah. chomping at the bit and they're ready to go. And then when they get to the main roster, they're chomping at the bit. And then when they are ready to go and they finally get a chance, they're getting shitty storylines. And it kills morale. Did you ever hear the, the, the term or the quote, people don't quit jobs, they quit managers? No, but that makes sense. When was the last time somebody quit on Triple H and quit NXT? When people uh, leave uh, or ask for their release, they're on the main roster. Uh, uh, the 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 TM sixty one guy, um, the Australian guy. That's the last uh, one I can Nick think of. Miller? Nick, Nick Miller. Miller. Yeah, he's the last one I could think. Yeah, it's but, not like he was. He added his creative. He just wanted to move back to. He wanted to go home. Yeah, and that's Nick yeah. Miller. I mean, I'm, no offense to right. the team. He's not a star. I, right, I he knew about the mighty NXT guy. Yeah, I knew right. about the Mighty from the from the Indies and stuff, and they could have been a good tag team, but they were underutilized at the time. Yeah. But there was and a lot of other teams that were just way ahead of them. And if one guy decided he wanted to move home, that means his heart probably wasn't in it for a while. You know, right. at the very least, he was homesick for a while. Yeah. And when you're home, anybody who's homesick at a job like that, their heart's on it. It's just a natural reaction of being homesick there's nothing you can do it doesn't make you a bad person doesn't make it doesn't mean you don't work hard it just means like hey i want to go back to my family and do this right. there that's i respect that. that's respect that's not a but bad it, thing that's not anything negative triple h but uh, yeah exactly so if that's the only example we have from nxt 
Look at who we're losing from the main roster. Look at Hideo Itami. Kenta, who just made his return to New Japan recently. I think it was at Dominion. I was excited to see Hideo Itami in NXT and on the main roster, but they... I mean, unfortunately, he was plagued with injuries in NXT, and it, yeah, he was in NXT long enough. And sometimes that happens. Sometimes right. it just—it's sometimes bad luck just happens to you. You know, right. that happens with any job anywhere in the world. Sometimes it's just bad fucking luck. Yeah, unfortunately, though, Vince McMahon needs to figure out what is best for business. Before, I don't want to say before it's too late because I don't think it'll ever be too late at this point. Uh, for Vince McMahon, I, I have. I'm gonna pose a very interesting question to you. Okay. What if this keeps going on and on, and after the XFL starts, Vince will not let the reins go, and we're like a year or two down the road, and AEW's taken off, and we're at another situation where AEW's. We're like when W's, we're in another 83 week situation, okay? And Triple okay. H is just sitting there and he's waiting and he's waiting for the chance and he's not getting it. And more and more NXT guys are leaving because they know there's no future on the main roster. And Vince is holding NXT back because he doesn't want NXT to take over. You know, he, he's not letting NXT go to TV. He doesn't want to take over Raw and SmackDown's popularity, which is something I think Vince would absolutely do out of pettiness. What if down the line, Trip just said, fuck this, I'm not doing this anymore, and he's out. And he went and joined Cody and them. Because that's the old school type, that's the type of wrestling Trip wants to do. To make no mistake, I think what, yeah, Cody might have destroyed Triple H's throne. I get that. You know, I saw the symbolism there. But what if Triple H is watching that and saying, remember what I said? Hey, Triple H, you know, a couple weeks ago after that happened, after we were talking about Double or Not, it's like, I want to see Triple H respond. I want to see the guy who showed up at Nitro with a tank, you know. He's right. probably not allowed to do that, you know. How much did Triple H watch Cody doing that? He just says, I wish I could retaliate the way I wanted to. And what if he feels sick of being held back at some point? What if he gets to – I know he's married to the boss's daughter. That's got to be weird. But, you know, what if Steph gets fed up with it? You know, Shane. Shane's bailed on Vince before. Yep. To do his own thing. You know. Well, dude, we've been talking about this shit with, with Triple H and Vince for a while. It's like, what's going to happen? I think. Something's going to I, happen at some point. I think Vince. Again, this is just what I think. I think Vince is going to put a lot more of his time and effort into the XFL because he's not the kind of person who would put out a product a second time after it failed once and watch it fail. He's going to put a lot more of his effort into XFL this time to make sure it's more successful the second time around. And if AEW does become big and become like, and we have another 83-week situation, then fucking great. Then what have we been saying? This is the best time to be a wrestling fan because that's when you know wrestling, that's all promotions, will be at its best. That's when promotions like Impact Wrestling and maybe even Ring of Honor and maybe even New Japan will become legitimate competition for Vince McMahon's product. And let's not forget AAA. AAA is making their way to the States and Fourth Wall Fam. 
The fourth wall WrestleCast will be there live in September at the first ever AAA show at Madison Square Garden. We will give you live reports and reviews from the show. But let's look at it. There's going to be legitimate competition now coming Vince's way. And right now, Vince is blinded by the blood money he's getting from Saudi Arabia to even focus on the competition that are right. that are chomping at his heels right now. The Saudi Arabia thing is a huge problem for television. Yeah, you're getting, like you said, it's, it's like blood money. You're yeah. getting tons. I get you're getting millions and millions of dollars from, from those fuckers. Like, I get that, but it's at the expense of your core fan base and your biggest fan base, which is America. You're still in America, 163, or not America, you're still in not Saudi Arabia, 363 days a year. Right. You know what? And, you know, speaking of the Saudi Arabia show, not just the Saudi Arabia show specifically, but we're talking about earlier about the wild card and the brand split and blah, blah, blah. I think they have too many fucking pay-per-views. They don't have enough time in between big events for them to develop characters or develop storylines. I think if you got rid of stomping grounds, it'd give you an opportunity to have bigger matches on Raw and SmackDown. What the fuck is stomping grounds? Like, what is this? Stupid ass. It's like one of those stupid... It's a stupid ass in-your-house level pay-per-view. Like, you know, or just... This is an opportunity to have better, more marquee matches on TV. You know, it'd be awesome. Like a 25-minute main event on Monday Night Raw and SmackDown every Monday and and Tuesday. You're a wrestling promotion. End your night with strong wrestling matches. You have so much talent on that roster. I know you can put an awesome 25-minute match out there every single week to close your show. I know it's possible. Right. And I have another news flash for you. Vince ain't going to be messing with the XFL for long. You know why? Why? Because it's not the fucking NFL and it's going to fail. Like every single other fucking professional football league that has tried to compete through spring football as an, you know, oh, all those football fans who only watch football, they're going to watch spring football. No, they're not going to watch spring football. You know why? Because the fucking talent on the field isn't good enough. So unless these teams are feeding into the NFL and the NFL with, has made it obvious with the uh, the American football lines that just fell flat on its face. You know they don't want a feeder league. The NCAA is their feeder league. They don't want a feeder league. So unless you have talented guys with some connection to an NFL team, nobody's going to give a fuck. Right. NXT works because it feeds into WWE. AEW works because it's another main promotion with big names. There are not going to be big names playing in the XFL. They're, they're just, it's not happening. It's not fucking happening. They're going to play one season and fold, just like the last XFL did, just like the American Football Alliance just did, or whatever the fuck they called themselves, just like the USFL did. Okay? Like, the NFL is the freaking juggernaut that Vince McMahon wishes WWE was because the NFL does own the market. You know why the NFL owns the market? Only Americans play football. So there's only so much talent. You know, name me a football player not from the United States of America. I'll wait. You got me. Exactly. 
Exactly. That's why the NFL is only is the only it's, it has a monopoly. There isn't enough talent for there to be another competitive league. That's why the XFL is going to fail. It's just all there is to it. This is in soccer. You can't structure it. You, it's, it's not the same concept. People don't love football. People love good football. Division one college football is good football. NFL right. is good football. Everything else sucks. <laughs> Everything else is shitty product. So Vince is not going away for long. That's what this whole football rant is going towards. Even if he goes and checks out the XFL for 2020, once it falls flat on its face again, like it's bound to do, he'll be back. And then what I hope to see is during that time, if he is gone during that time, that'll be like Triple H's trial and it'll be to lead up to WrestleMania. So he'll really have something to prove at that point. Maybe if he gets that opportunity in WrestleMania season, that would be nice next year. But I just don't see it happen. Even if Vince is focusing on the XFL, I just don't see him leaving his baby. I mean, John Moxley said it. Vince is going to die in the chair. He's going to die in gorilla. He's going to die in gorilla. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's what it's going to be for right now. But we'll have to just wait and see what happens. Um, I think... We all agree that once the competition really starts coming out, that's when we'll start seeing more of a change in the product. Same thing happened back right. in during the Monday Night Wars. And I think that's what Vince McMahon needs because that's when Vince McMahon is at his best. And, and where was the product before the Monday Night Wars of WWE? It was stale. It was hokey. And it was stuck in past gimmicks that had outgrown themselves. The only reason Hulkamania ended is because of the steroid thing. He would have kept pushing Hulkamania down our throat until Hulk Hogan dropped dead, if not for the whole steroid thing. And Hogan was smart enough to realize that Hulkamania was dying, so he just got the hell out of the damn promotion. He just went to WCW where he knew he could have a fresh reboot and eventually turn heel. I actually read over. I actually read somewhere once that Hogan wanted to turn heel after the Warrior match. I don't know how true that is. But uh, could you imagine if Hogan would have turned heel after that match? That would have put the wrestling world upside down. But Vince doesn't think forward like that. He didn't think no. forward like that in 1990. And he's not thinking for He thought forward like that once. And that was when Hulkamania started. The only time Vince ever thought forward was when Hulkamania started. He realized what he could do in terms of a global audience with, with cable television. And it's the only time he ever was ahead of the curve. He got lucky with Stone Cold and The Rock. Got lucky. It wasn't it, just Stone Cold and The Rock. It was a plethora of other stars. We said it before. Right. You and had Triple H. H right. Yeah. 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 Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels. Big yeah, show. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You're Gentlemen. A guy. Oh, oh my goodness. Oh my god. We just got Sparky bombed. Are we getting Look who decided to show up. Oh my goodness. He just got done blowing Dave Matthews. And is he is now Smarky? here. Sparky oh, bombing the fourth wall WrestleCast. <laughs> well now 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 the show can begin because the most important member of the fourth wall WrestleCast is here. The How show can begin shut- an hour and like twenty minutes later. Yeah, you silly Bro. son of a bitch. All right, well, guys, I was smarties. no, no. Listen, I needed to get my hippie dancing on, and I oh, did. Man. All right, it's important. All right, well, hippie dance. Hey, hippie dance. 
mouth and give us your uh, views on Seth Rollins and is Seth Rollins positioned to be the face of this of the WWE? And if he isn't, what should Seth Rollins be doing? Because that's what we talked about tonight. If you're going to bomb our fucking show, fucking yeah, give us involved. some goddamn intelligence speak. Yeah, be involved. Be involved in the show. Oh, wait, and Smarky, say hello to all the new listeners out there. What's up, new listeners? How you doing? So, so I, I, he's not getting shoved down our throats like Reigns was, which I'm okay with. But I don't know about you guys, but I'm a huge fan of heel Rollins. <laughs> Three yes. for three. We are three for three on the fourth wall wrestle cast. That's everything kept coming back to heel Rollins tonight when we talked about him. <laughs> so listen, why can't our face? I mean, I get it. Face in a company. Why can't our face be kind of a heel? I mean, Charlotte's a heel. She's the face of the women's division with Becky. Becky doesn't are, follow the rules. Are you saying a tweener face like Becky in a company like Becky Lynch or Stone Cold? Look how look how those two got over. Yeah, Why aren't we right. doing that again? Well, one of the things I brought up was that the best wrestlers are exaggerated versions of their own personality. When I go look at sets like Instagram, it's him posting about fitness things and mm-hmm. how he gets to go home with Becky Lynch because he's the luckiest man in the world. And <laughs> so why not? <laughs> why not build? Why not build off of? His love of like fitness and make him kind of like an arrogant, you know, I'm better than you in better shape, working harder than you sort of character, almost like in a heel Kurt Angle vein. You know, think about the yeah. best heel Kurt Angle work. I could totally see Seth Rollins join inspiration from that. Heel Kurt Angle is amazing. Always has been. Right. I agree. Absolutely agree. And I think that's where Rollins needs to go if he's going to if we're going to get the best Seth Rollins. But that means he might not be the quote unquote face of Raw. I was telling Bones, the guy who's been getting great reactions, and I feel even after all these years, never got a true run as the top face of the company because he was always stuck behind Cena or Triple H or even Batista to a degree, is Randy Orton. Yes. Give me Randy Orton is the face of Raw. He's inner. Just give me that. You know, he, he's got a great move set. He's got the best finisher in the whole company, without a doubt. Which Everybody be, knows which what can be used in so many different ways. Oh, it's 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 everybody knows what the fuck the RKO is. All your and students many, know what the how, fuck the RKO is. How many variations of the RKO can you count? I I don't have enough fingers and toes. Yeah, absolutely. He's the only what? one who has a move that can be hit out of nowhere. Exactly. No, no pun intended, but seriously. Because, Doc, we spoke no, about that right. recently, too. Like, guys like Ricochet and Ali have great finishers, but as they keep going in their career and they get older, they're not going to be able to do these moves their entire career. Like, they don't have no. moves that they can hit out of nowhere. The Stone Cold Stunner could be hit out of nowhere. The Rock Sweet Bottom could be music. hit out of nowhere. Sweet, Sweet Chin music, music, out of nowhere. The, the Mandible Claw. Out of nowhere. Olympic slam out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. The choke slam out of nowhere. You can't right. do that with a 450 splash. Or an 054. But here's the other thing. He's getting up there in age. Is he going to be able to be the face of the company for an extended amount of time? You talk oh, who Orton? Orton right now? 
Yeah. yeah, absolutely. He's still in great shape. He's there in age, but I mean, health for Orton, he, he may be 40 years old or so, but he, you know, he looks, he's still built like a man he's in his late 20s shape. and early yep. 30s. He's in fantastic shape. And he's still yeah. a really good in-ring wrestler, man. He's a, you know, and he knows how to work with his opponents. Like, he knew exactly how to work with Triple H's Super Show. He knew exactly what Trip could do, what Trip couldn't do. And Triple H, credit to him, knows what he can do really well also. So, type of guy, he's kinda, you kind of need a reliable face right now, someone to get you out of this ratings hell. And I think Randy Orton might be the answer to your problem. Well, unfortunately, I, the, with the way WWE is going now, Randy Orton's not going to get a shot at anything. Well, hold on, Smarky. Orton is 39 years old. He's up there in age, but he's not that up there. He's yeah, not, he's not where ancient. AJ Styles yeah, Damn, he's is. only a few years older than me. Hey, he's and, uh, younger than AJ. He's younger than, he's younger AJ. than AJ. He's younger, he's younger than, than Bobby Roode. Yeah. Younger than Nakamura. Yep. Yeah. He's about the same age as Kofi. Kofi's like in his late 30s. Yep. It's true. You know, it's and true. Kofi, Kofi, what did Kofi debut in like 2008? Orton debut. So Kofi, Orton's only been around like six years longer than Kofi. And Kofi is just getting his first chance to be at the top of like the card now. It's and I true. said, I don't think Orton's ever truly gotten that because he was always stuck in the shadow of Cena. It's true. Gentlemen, gentlemen, we have a special guest. As I pulled up to my house. My lovely fiance is here as well. Oh my goodness! Hello, lovely fiance. Hi, Jazz. Hello, the fourth wall wrestle cast says hello, hello Jazz. lovely fiance. Hi, Please say hello Jess. to all of our listeners. What? Wait, what'd you say, Bones? I th- she needs to say hello to all the listeners. Say hi to the listeners, Jess. Oh, like, are you doing things? Right oh yeah, now? we're podcasting right now. Um, <laughs> are you doing? <laughs> she said, "Um, hi." That's awesome. <laughs> that is great. Are you like doing? Are you doing things right now? Uh, we're, we're only recording a Zoe podcast. The, is that Zoe in the background? Yeah, yeah. We literally. All right. So she had her her band banquet, and I obviously mm. have just gotten home from wow. my hippie oh. fest. Nice. So, <laughs> uh, gentlemen. Well. I'm going to bid you adieu. Well, Smarky, That's thank good you for because, joining us. Yeah, we're pretty sure we're wrapping it up anyway, so it's all good. Yeah. Kind of came Sweet. in just in time. Yeah. Look at me go. And now we know yeah. that I can actually use my phone and call in if I have to. Well from done. the field. We're quite from the, from the field. On assignment. From, from the awesome. Tweeter Center in Camden. Is that where the show was in Camden? <laughs> BB&T. What's up? Whatever the fuck it's called. Whatever the hell it's called now. Could you you imagine going to a hippie party in Camden? Shelly, come. Oh, my God. All right, guys, I got to run. I got to let the dog out. Later, Smarky. (laughs) Goodbye, Smarky. Bye, guys. (laughs) Well, that was nice. Well, anyway, Doc, I don't know about you, man, but that's all the time we have for today. So we uh, talked about a lot of good, a lot of bad, a lot of ugly. Yeah. Once again, we've made our points known for weeks and weeks and weeks, and hopefully, hopefully, we'll start seeing change. Because for me, especially Raw and SmackDown, it's just not entertaining. And don't watch things that aren't entertaining. Uh, what was good, 
and I'll watch some highlights. But I watch NXT and NXT UK. You know why? Because they're entertaining. When I watch anything I watch on TV, it's entertaining. I prioritize my time. I can. Right. I don't want to waste time with things I don't enjoy. Simple right. as that. Yeah. Well, we already know that Triple H, Stephanie, Shane, and Vince all listen to our show every week. So hopefully they're taking notes and uh, they're going to start making some changes in the upcoming future. Anyway, all right. Now, officially, that's all the time we have for today. So, fam, thank you so much for tuning in to episode 30. Once again, I am your host, JC Bones. Please give me a follow on Twitter and Instagram at JC Bones. That's Bones with a Z. Please follow my good brother, Doc Haas, on Twitter at Dr. Haas 4WC. Follow our third man, Johnny Smarks, on Twitter at Johnny Smarks a lot. And now you can follow our official social media ambassador, Jesse J, on Twitter at Miss Bootiesworth. Also, you're listening to us right now, right here, right here, right now, on the Wrestle Addict Radio Network. Give us a follow on Twitter at Addict underscore Wrestle. Be sure to tune in every Saturday. Hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode of the Fourth Wall WrestleCast, Kings of the Rings Podcast, Gift the Podcast, The Game Changer Podcast, or Not Your Mama Soap Opera. If you've enjoyed the Fourth Wall experience, be sure to tell all your friends to like, share, and subscribe and help this thing grow and grow and continue to be the biggest draw for the critics, the marks, the casual, and the hardcore. Once again, we are the Fourth Wall WrestleCast, and we are here to keep wrestling real. Goodbye, and good night. We should do a live show for Dave Matthews concert tailgate, and then try to get like some like Dave fans or some Grateful Dead fans to have like a tag team match for Jam Band Stoner Supremacy. Can we get and the winner, and the window, the winner, instead of getting the title belt, we just give them a big tray of like brownies and cookies. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we have a three you know what tag match? Can we get a fish tag team also? Oh, fish, yeah, we get a fish. Yeah. Team Fish, Team Dead, Team Dave. <laughs> and um, maybe some Umphreys McGee. Oh, team, team McGee. Team Um McGee. Modesky Martin Wood. Ooh. Ooh, now we're government rule. Well, now we're getting into like Battle Royal. Yeah, Battle Royal. Imagine like a jam Battle Royal. It'd be Battle Royal. Just start a Battle Royal. The match would start. They would just take out joints. And then you know what would happen, right? Old school CJ Parker from NXT would show up and win the whole fucking thing. Or I'd have to go in and do a special guest run-in and confiscate all the joints. This violates the wellness policy. This violates the We're going to take those. We've all been featured endeavored. Go away. <laughs> Got any shrooms? <laughs> oh, it's that kind of battle royal. <laughs> all right, Doc. As always, have a good night. Fun. I gotta hear. I gotta work in the morning. You have a good yeah, night, bro. my friend. Me too. You too, brother. Uh, I'll catch you later, dude. All right, bye. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.